Deer hunters use the spring and summer months to get their property ready for hunting season come fall. Hi, I'm Art Young. I'm the editor of the Outpost Magazine. Our guest today knows more than you can imagine about how to create those hunting lanes in a tree-filled pasture. If you love hunting, fishing, and the outdoors, check your new guide to life in the great outdoors, theoutpostlife.com. We're your guide to the outdoor life. The Outpost Magazine has great stories on hunting, fishing, grilling, music, and more. The Outpost Radio keeps you in the great outdoors 24-7 with a mix of country, Southern rock and songs you won't hear anywhere else. We'll keep you updated on the latest outdoor news and views. Check it out. The Outpost. Life in the great outdoors. He's a certified arborist with Preservation Tree Services in Dallas. Welcome to The Outpost, Chad Simmons. Yes, thanks for having me, Art. Absolutely. Now, what what type of training does it take to become a certified arborist? Well, for most people, they um, they do an advanced degree in forestry or botany, horticulture. Um, as for myself, I have a uh, biological uh, science degree in fish and wildlife. Um, other individuals within the industry have worked, you know, 7, 10, 15 years, and they've, it's been on-the-job training. Um, so it is, uh, it's quite a, uh, a career field to go into. Um, there's lots that you really uh, need to know. Um, mainly uh, the physiology of the trees, identification, soil relations, water management, nutrition, fertilization, um, and then you can go into the assessment and risk management, safety and climbing for your workers, uh, tree selection and planting methods for site locations. So it's very, wow. um, it's it's an advanced degree, definitely. Absolutely. And, and, uh, for those of us who go out there and start hacking around on trees, uh, this is going to be. I want you to listen very closely, folks, because uh, this this is a this is a man who can help you save some of those trees. Now, given that given that college background in fish and wildlife, you've got to be a deer hunter. Yes, of course I am. I've uh, I had the opportunity to actually grow up in Idaho, so um, seasonally uh, fishing and hunting for small and large game was was uh, just part of the uh, end of the day activities uh, from, you know, you're done with the farm work and now it's time to go play. Yeah. Yeah. Now, have you ever worked on building hunting lanes uh, in a pasture or in a, in a forest? Yes. Yes. Quite a bit. Um, And mainly from the ground level to where you can do some brush clearing and for the lower limbs that you can, you can reach on a tree. Mm -hmm. Um, For the most part, you uh, you just have to pay attention to um, where you're going to be clearing because pruning generally promotes growth. So if uh, I see a lot of shows um, where individuals are up in a tree and they may just take you know one or two feet of the limb just to go ahead and and uh, get it out of the way. Well, generally what that'll do is that'll just re-sprout and, and um, by the time they're back in the stand in the late fall, now they've got 12 limbs they've got to deal with. <laughs> hasn't hasn't worked out exactly as planned. So it, it's it's generally it's, it's better to take most limbs back to the trunk of the tree if you can, uh, just outside the branch collar, which is just a swelling of cells that are they're on the tree and then it can it can grow over and heal itself. 
Uh-huh. Well, let, let's talk about that a little bit. Typically, hunters will uh, work on their hunting leases in the off season, which is you know when we're recording this is in the spring, almost summertime. What should they be conscious of when trimming or cutting the trees? You mentioned that the growth will come back, but what other things should they be conscious of uh, when they're cutting those hunting lanes? Well, definitely time of year. Um, you're probably going to want to do it mid to late summer after the growth is, is really slowed down. Uh, if you do it too soon, you're going to come back and you're going to have to do it again. Um, definitely taking more uh, if you can. And I know most uh, most of us, we you know, we're not really taking large limbs or felling trees. Um, it, it's probably smaller, two to three inch limbs, and moving the stuff uh, far enough out of the view, and that's perfectly fine, as long as you're taking less than 25% of the vegetation from the tree, then you're not going to affect health. Um, definitely, safety is an issue. So using the right gear. Um, safety glasses and a hard hat and gloves and chaps uh, if you're dealing with um, chainsaws or really any sharp object. Um, it's, uh, that's the biggest thing that we, we preach is, is the safety aspect first. So you'll probably want to have a buddy system, and I know everybody does, but if you're out there by yourself, then try to limit to what you think you, you want to really progress and, and do because one accident and um, can really be the difference from someone helping you and and someone not. Well, this this the next uh, answer might might vary depending on what part of the world you're in. Uh, we have listeners and uh, readers from uh, all over the world now, from Australia to uh, to uh, Dallas, Texas, where where you are, Chad. But are there any types of trees that you would recommend not trimming at all? Um, I don't think so, um, unless you check with your local county extension or uh, forestry division in, in the area, and if the trees are prone to disease or insect, um, then there's probably specific timing of year that, uh, that you can prune them. So it may even be in the winter months that you, you need to do your maintenance on the trees and not when they're actively growing. Um, so that would probably be the best option is, is check what's local and, and what issues that you do have with some of your trees um, because that's that's one of the things you definitely don't want to get into is, is every cut you make is an open wound on the tree. And sometimes they heal and sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. So that that great tree that you just hang your stand on, you, you don't want to infect it with a disease that it may not be there in the next couple of years. Right. Now, is there a standard optimal lane that you want to leave for your hunting lane for whitetail deer hunting? Uh, I think it's probably just um, optimal for your your shooting lane and your uh, skill level that you have, whether it's archery or whether it's muzzleloader or rifle. Um, you definitely want visibility um, to the target, and you probably want to give yourself a little extra room because... As we know, uh, animals never stop where you think they're going to stop. <laughs> they're always right. off a little bit, either right. in front or in back. So it never hurts to give yourself just a little bit more room. Is it best to leave uh, a kind of clumps of trees around those hunting lanes so the so the deer have some place to pop in and out of, or or is that even a criteria? Yes, yeah, that's that's perfectly fine to where you can leave the lanes and. 
some of the brush you can actually take on the ground and you can create funnels to where you can actually block access to where, like around your stand. You don't want them coming up right to your stand, but you can push them off uh, a little bit and, and create another area for them to go. So that's perfectly fine. So speaking of stands, uh, what type and size of trees are best to be setting up that tree stand? Well, uh, the best type is called an X-current tree, and that is a tree that the growth habit is characterized by a central leader and a pyramidal growth. So you have a, a nice, strong tree that's, uh, you know, it's wide at the base and it slowly tapers to the top. And that's really what you want to look for. Uh, probably stay away from anything that has um, disease growing on it, generally mushroom conchs, either at the root flare or up along the side of the tree. Um, that could be uh, an issue later on. Um, so that's generally the best tree. And look for a nice full canopy. Uh, you want to see good leaf development and color. And... Um, you know, make sure the deadwood in the tree is, is minimal at best. So you can gauge the health generally by just doing a basic assessment of walking around the tree and looking up and down and, and uh, finding one that suits the ability for your stand and your egress and, and coming to and from the stand. This has been fascinating. I, you never think about things like this, but uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to know someone at Preservation Tree Services. And uh, if you need some advice about pruning or removing the trees on your hunting property, why don't you shoot Chad a, an email at Preservation Tree Service? His address is Chad S, as in sevens, Chad S at PreservationTree.com. Thanks for joining us, Chad. Well, thanks for having me, Art. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. If you're thinking about removing or pruning some trees, be careful out there. I'm Art Young for the Outpost On Demand, and we'll talk again soon. The Outpost Radio On Demand, from the On Demand page of theoutpostlife.com.